0: Congratulations! You found it! The most inappropriate book club you never knew you were missing. Starring the original book divas Martha Steele and Vonnie Golden. And also featuring Megan Runyon, YA superfan, Keith Steele. Steigert, uber reader and romance junkie. Pat Griner, she has the head of an English major and the heart of a sci fi nerd. These people are passionate about books, maybe a little too passionate. Plotting world domination one book at a time. They are three book girls.
1: You guys have to be funny this week. I (laughs) would
2: say Keith Keith,
3: Keith is broken. We broke Keith.
2: I can either tell you about my shitty ass week. Please I feel this like about
3: your shitty ass week.
2: I'm in a toxic relationship with T Mobile. And <laughs> <Me> today <too. laughs> Because, you know, I just recently had to switch um, services because my son doesn't get T Mobile where he works. Like there's no service. So yeah. we switched to a different company or because he needs service. I mean, he needs his phone. Right. And I called a week before this ever even started and they told me i was good to go monday tyler switched services and i haven't had a phone since i've been to the t-mobile store twice i've called three times and today they told me that there's an outstanding balance on my phone that i did not even buy from them and i've had my phone for five years
1: Is it an outstanding balance for service or is it for the phone? No,
2: they're saying it's the device and I didn't even buy it through them. So how in the world could I have an outstanding balance? And when I talked to them, they said they were going to research it and everything, but it was going to take seven business days. I haven't had a phone since Monday. And now they're saying it's going to be a week and a half before they can tell me anything. And they want me to pay for the month of July when I haven't even had their fucking service I had their service for 11 days and they want me to pay the whole month of July that's really
4: did you switch service along with Tyler did you go we're all on the
2: same we're all on the same Uh, plan
4: so what do you need them for anymore shouldn't you be getting service from your new provider well
2: they have my phone locked they won't unlock my phone oh I didn't know they could do that yeah and they will not unlock it and those people has done nothing but tell me untruths first they told me that everything was fine i should be good to switch that there was no outstanding charges and that my service would run until the 15th so there shouldn't be any break in service that's what they told me before we even started this I called back on Tuesday when I lost service on Monday, and they told me, oh, yeah, we'll unlock your phone. It'll be 24 to 48 hours. Nothing ever happened. So I called back again, and they told me that they can unlock my phone because my my service is canceled, and there's no way for me to verify my identification that I'd have to go down to a T-Mobile store. I wasn't sitting at work. I'm not sitting at home in my underwear eating bonbons, people. I've got shit to do. I don't know what it is, but anytime I deal with the phone people, like if I go down
1: to the store, it's a miracle the things that they can do and the things that they will set up for me. And then I try like and then I try because I went to T-Mobile a couple of years ago from Verizon, which which I mean was not smart because dead spots everywhere. Yeah. But um, they were a lot cheaper. Because I've got five freaking people with mm. phones, which is just stupid. But um, meanwhile, if you go to the store, I feel like they're always just like, yeah, do you have your phone? Okay, here. And now everything's on this new phone. And ta-da! And I'm like...
2: You know what I did when I went to the T-Mobile phone? The first time, they wouldn't help me whatsoever. I would not even walked in the door and they said, you're going to have to call customer service. Didn't even look at my phone. Didn't, nothing. And then when I went today but all they did was let me use their phone to call customer service. <laughs> yeah. So that's been the story of my week. And now yeah. they're saying it's going to be 7 days.
4: That's enough to ruin anybody's week. You need to buy a burner phone to use. The- there <laughs> no. you go.
2: Something. <laughs> but on a funnier note, did I guys, did I tell you guys that Tyler started a podcast? No. no, no, it's like this sports podcast and he's only done like three episodes. And of course, you know, like the good mother that I am, I've listened <laughs> to them and mothers should not listen to their son's podcasts because I'm <laughs> going like to need sons
3: probably shouldn't listen to their mother's podcasts. Serious. I'm going to need
2: serious therapy after hearing some of this stuff. <laughs> and I, I mean, I know that it's embellished, I guess you would say. At least I would hope so, because he was talking about um, uh, teenage boys and their mom's hot friends on the last episode. And I was like, oh, my God. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm like, so Martha or Stacy? Because I only have like two friends.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Keith, did you order anything fun for Prime Day?
2: I don't
1: know how fun it is i ordered a lot of crap though
3: <laughs> oh, i bought the um skin the skin tag, tag thing. thing i put that fucker hurts a little Does bit Did a you little bit it? it's like pinching because it's like cutting off the side. Mm-hmm. like i have like a smaller one like just because arms i think yeah. over the years have, like yeah yeah like under arm. Mm-hmm. so i was like i'm gonna try it so i put it on like a couple hours ago every once in a while like i'll move a certain way i'm like oh that that pinched a smidge like
1: See, I don't have any of my stuff because if you order stuff and you are a Prime member and you say, I want it to come later, like in five days instead of two, they give you um, a dollar for each item that you've bought in digital stuff. So I probably have like $50 worth of digital credits coming my way because I'm psycho.
3: I only ordered like like a
1: dollar off. So I bought a bunch of books because it was a dollar off, which was really dumb, but they suck you in, and you're just like, oh, shit. Not well, know. you
2: think you have to. You're like, it's Prime.
1: I know. I'm fairly certain a lot of the stuff I get was not very hugely great deals. I just got it because it's Prime Day. Why not? I got yeah. a pair got of- a
3: new new pair of earbuds that are yeah. like a bluish, like, teal color. No, because I was like, I feel like I wanted to buy something else other than the skin tag thing. So I was like, let's <laughs> see. What about headphones? <laughs> and they had <laughs> the earbuds- and that we're kind of- wanted
1: to buy was, I didn't even buy the skid tag thing after all that. I was like, I'm just going to cut mine off with scissors.
2: Oh, no. wow oh, Whatever. I mean, it's, it is
1: attached. I don't think you understand how long it is and how much I can twist it. I think. Oh, no, point, I do.
3: I do. I get it. Oh, but no, I'm not cutting that yeah. thing off. No, I'll, I put the little band. It seems to be working, I guess, if it kind of pinches. That probably means it's like...
1: Dying. Kind of, it is yeah. killing your... F- necrotizing flesh
3: yeah that's fine it can do that it says 3 to 14 days depending on the tag so we'll see oh my
1: god 14 days
2: that's a long time I wouldn't have imagined that when I cut off the blood supply to that one that I told you about it took like 7 it took about a week for it to fall off all the way it turned like purple and funky colors and got like all dead at the end and then finally it came off (laughs)
1: I know oh. you guys are going to think this is stupid, but, and I mean, I realize that it's really stupid, but I haven't had the use of my right arm all week and I haven't put my hair up in a week and it's driving me freaking psycho. No. My kids don't know how to use my clips. My husband, all it is, is a clip. You just twist it up and put it in a clip. Can anybody figure out how to put hair up?
4: No. So I'm just
1: sitting here like a psycho, Damn. my long ass hair
4: in the summer. And when I had my... Rotator cuff surgery. I spent the next like six weeks in ponytails because that's all that Ron could do. (laughs) (laughs) It was like, that's it. We're, yeah, it's ponytail city here. And you couldn't use your right hand at all? No. What was the hard, for me, the absolute hardest thing to learn to do left-handed was brush my teeth. It was like.
1: Um, Brushing teeth was not cool, yeah. Um, <laughs> obviously I can't do anything with the web page. And I did find see, I was with my friend Shannon, who was on the podcast last week. And everything she does on text, she always uses the little microphone button and transcribes. Yes. So if I hadn't been with her and seen her done that, I wouldn't have known like for I don't know, four days, I just didn't text anybody. And then I just and Megan will probably tell you she knows when i discovered the button yep. because then all of a sudden i was like oh i'm just gonna say things and oh look they're not the right things because it doesn't transcribe me very well but haha uh-huh.
3: yeah there were a couple times i was like say what now and i was like oh wait okay i got it <laughs>
1: People are like you're really dumb like you don't know that the cullen's last name is cullen and not collins collins I was like i know but ipad doesn't because it's
3: well that's why i was like is this keith did someone inhabit her body she just called them the the collins
1: (laughs) (laughs) and then i got a root canal like i had to i had to do a root repair on a root canal and i've had it for two years that i was supposed to repair it and i haven't done it so they repaired it and then i got an infection from it so yeah it's been a great week
4: you and Bonnie really
2: have had a horrible week just falling apart keith i feel like that's all i ever do
3: We should probably mention that we have Donna with us. I know, poor Donna, who has no issues. Yes. Donna is going
5: to sue you,
2: huh? Right. I don't care.
1: (laughs) You will care when they sue you. (laughs) I
2: left them bad reviews, too. What, are they going to sue me for the bad reviews? Put my My name all over that shit.
1: (laughs) (laughs) You don't want to piss Vani off. She'll leave you poor review scathing listen <laughs> I'd like bad to do about more yourself. but there's
2: laws <laughs> so <laughs> I didn't want to spend the rest of the weekend in jail then I wouldn't have Bonnie's to worry like, about where's my the phone.
1: headquarters and where's my blowtorch <laughs>
2: right. I need to buy a, I need to buy an airline ticket to whatever country your customer service isn't it uh go take she's care she's looking of up business. bazookas on prime day <laughs> just kidding I didn't order a gun on prime
3: is that even an option? Uh,
2: Might, oh no, maybe. I've never even Googled. Probably not. I
3: bet it is. I bet why don't you buy them at Walmart? Why wouldn't you be able to buy them on Prime Day? Well see?
1: Now I'm gonna look and I can almost guarantee because that just sounds sketchy.
2: So now you're gonna be on Homeland Securities watch list. Oh, I'm That's so true.
1: already all over it.
2: She's in our group chat with Rachel. She's
3: already there.
1: <laughs> well, and yeah.
3: Ryan's like, I swear our group chat is is tapped because like Ryan will get called into his office and be like, are you into his boss's office? And they're like, are you okay? And he'll be like, yeah. And they're like, okay, just checking. Like your wife's not going to murder you anytime. And we'll, like, <laughs> maybe <laughs> Like, what, what was happening in your group chat, Rachel? And we'll be like, we were talking about burying people with the pigs. It's no big deal.
1: <laughs> I could buy an air rifle for $800.
3: Mm-hmm. Well, there you go it has
1: a whole bunch of letters and it's by benjamin dude it's really crazy looking it's a
2: nice, i really don't like a think they should let me buy rifle. this
1: honestly <laughs> a whisper silent cat air rifle i don't know air rifle that's not a bullet rifle i know no, that's like Isn't a pellet it... yeah it's like a
4: yeah 800 brand name or is it
1: yeah i
4: think so oh, good
5: that's good. the same as walmart they only sell air rifles online Uh, But but you can go in the store and buy
3: and buy. Mm. Yeah,
5: they all look
1: really, really real, though. You know, if it's not a real gun, it should just be pink or purple or something.
3: But they make real guns that are
2: pink. Yeah.
1: Oh, never mind. I'm obviously I'm so
2: very up on guns. Neon (laughs) orange. Well, I thought the fake ones had to have the neon orange tip at the end. So the police knew if it was fake, a fake gun. supposed to what makes it a fake gun though like a non-bullet gun
1: right like a bb gun or like a A kid's
2: toy Mm -hmm. or a toy yeah
1: can i just say remember when nerf guns were like cute and sweet and you bought them for 15 Mm dollars? yeah my girlfriend shannon her son was telling her how he wants this nerf gun for christmas and it's like $180. And I had to look it up online and in YouTube. And it's this amazing, like crazy gun from some video game. But I seriously think it could hurt somebody really bad. And I was well, like, I thought they the whole like thing AR, was Nerf.
5: They look like AR-15s now. And
1: it does. Yeah, it looks really creepy. Like, I mean, it really looks real. And, and it's huge. I feel like you would mm. fall backward if you tried to use it wow Mm -hmm. i seriously think you could kill small animals with it i mean i I thought the whole nerf thing was sponges (laughs) he cute no
3: oh so i got so excited because i got an email from um books a million that they had tom felton's dear god uh, you really are excited about this i am very excited they had his new audio autobiography slash memoir whatever you want to call it on sale and i happen to look at my phone like the minute the email came in i looked down and it was like autograph tom felton i was like i don't say less Here's like the thing. open it's sold do people, out
1: dude do people okay you should say who tom felton is because at first i
3: was like who the fuck is tom felton? oh tom, I was googling tom felton tom, he's <laughs> he's draco malfoy from harry potter
4: ah not okay. like it. and he yeah. he
3: wrote he wrote a memoir autobiography i don't know what you were calling about it what?
4: About what about like place? him
3: yeah about like him and his time in harry potter and life after harry potter hmm. but i i literally the headline in the email was like autographed tom felton and i was like say less open immediately and i ordered it immediately all
1: the copies <laughs> he wasn't even that huge in harry no, potter, but he like... has a
3: huge fan, fan following now
1: like Why? draco
3: talk is real Because
1: everyone wants his character and Hermione to get together? Is that why?
3: Well, that, and they just love Tom Felton as a person. Because he's always, like, really. No, but he's not Draco in real life. I
1: know, but I don't know. They like him. He's got 12 million
5: Instagram followers. Does he
1: really? What does he do? Damn, I need to follow him and see what he's doing. That's so great. He
3: does other movies. He still does, like, a lot of Harry Potter stuff. Like, that's where the, there's, like, well, you probably haven't seen it. But there's, like, a whole thing on TikTok that's, like when are you going to grow up and stop being a Harry Potter fan? They're like, when Tom Felton does, damn it. Leave me alone. Like, That's awesome. But yeah, he like has a, because people just love him because he's super interactive with his fans and stuff. So yeah, he has a huge following of fans. But I was like, I'm so glad I like happened to look down at my email, like right when that came in. I'm so it was excited. funny
1: because I saw you posting about it. And then I was like, oh, look, Books a Million sent me an email about Tom Felton. And I was like, I just heard about Where did I hear about that?
3: I was in the middle of like a manager meeting. I was like, excuse me. I I need to order this book immediately.
1: Oh my Lord. I love that. You're like doing your work. And then you're like, oh, pause because Tom Felton wrote a book.
3: Yep. Exactly (laughs) what happened. (laughs) Awesome. I was like, you all talked amongst yourself. I'll just be here a minute. Hang on.
1: (laughs) For prime. I was taking my mother-in-law to the oncologist And I felt like the worst daughter-in-law ever because I'm like constantly checking my phone. And as I'm doing it, the ads are on the TVs in the waiting room. And she's like, I hate these Prime Day ads. I can't wait till it's over. And I kind of looked at her out of my like side eye. And I was like, "Mm mm-hmm, Prime Day, Prime Day, Prime Day.
5: (laughs) Well, here's my strategy for Prime Day because I because in the past I've fallen victim to buying things I really don't really want or need. So I put all this stuff in my cart that I think I want, and throughout the day I check. And sure enough, I had like twenty-five things in my cart, and like seven or eight of them were prime deals. So that is I exactly what I wanted already and didn't fall victim to buying crap that I don't need or want, really.
1: That is exactly what I did, except I feel like for five days leading up to prime day, Facebook decided to give me a hundred listicles of things I needed from Amazon. And then I had like 200 things in my really? cart. Mm. I didn't get the weird boob tape that hangs over your shoulders. Although I saw, it, I did see the infomercial and it, it's, it's truly frightening. I mean, cause the woman has one boob in tape and the other boob is literally in her waist and I thought crap and now I'm staring at my boobs all day long being like is that what my boobs look like are they in my belly button are they below my line so now I'm freaking out a little bit but once you put a bra on it's fine okay well that's another thing I've been asked my 18 year old to fasten my bra all week and I feel like she's getting really tired of it um
4: Well, this is what you yeah. had kids for, and it's put all that time and effort into
2: them so they can do stuff. I know,
1: like seriously, just fessing my bra. It's not like I asked my son to do
2: it; that would have been weird. Yeah, <laughs> still, from when I asked Tyler to fasten my bra. <laughs> I didn't buy anything fun and exciting on Prime Day. I just I bought stuff that I needed. Well, and I bought a new—I um, don't want to say it out loud—an Echo my house because um, I guess there's a built-in um, camera that you can access on your phone and look at your house hey, oh sure with an well, app wait a minute if
4: you can't say it out loud what happens every time you talk to your
2: dog well I'll name it something else oh, like okay. you can change <laughs> you can the name, name it like Alexa or whatever right yeah. it's just that um, Martha's ECHO is sitting right here yeah. Oh. So, um,
3: I feel like Pat would name her like Beverly.
2: <laughs> I don't think you can name it anything.
1: <laughs> I think you have like 3 things you're allowed to name. Yeah. Oh. I think it's a list. Cuz I mean uh-huh. seriously, my my Google would have super cool name, but Yeah. I could call it Hey Google. Shit. <laughs> 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 as soon That's- as I said it, I was like, "Damn it." But um
4: sorry,
5: I'm lost.
2: It's all right. Good. We'll go back to sleep. <laughs> and, But so I thought that I could put it like facing my dog's cage and then I could see what she's doing during the day. Or if she's gotten out of her crate.
1: Maybe you don't want to know what she's doing during she the day. Or if she has
2: a belly ache and I'm going to walk into sadness. Oh. She's just gonna be
3: staring at the camera like with her paw, like flipping the middle finger at you. She's gonna be like, Mom, you left me here. She's Bye. gonna be trying
2: to get out of her crate. It would be She'll really be... fun to not hook up the extra things that I have for her crate and see how the hell she opens her crate door when I'm not home if I forget to put the extra buckles on. That will be a really good use of it. Because you have to like pick up the outside thing. And lift she it. She does up. it with her paw,
3: probably. She like hits it with her paw.
2: She is a ninja dog. She pops out her opposable thumb, sticks her hand through. <laughs> yep. <lifts it laughs> up. Like,
3: that's the secrets to all dogs. We didn't know they had opposable thumbs. They're right. like bitches. We've been hiding this shit for decades. What was Seriously? that one
2: pet thing that came out that they all party when everybody's not home? I mean, I think. Oh, that's that movie? Yeah. Think. Oh, yeah. I Think, oh, it, yeah, yeah. I think <laughs> it's true. I think that actually happens.
3: So, Bonnie, do you have any dogs in your book this week?
2: Do they die? Because
1: that seems to be the way your books go.
2: No, I actually had to take a break from my depressing, super serious books this week. So I decided to read a rom-com. <gasps> yes! What? I God, I'm know. so happy. It's called The Bride Test from Helen Huang And this is just one that kind of popped up on my library app. And I was like, "Mm, let's just see what this is. And it looked good. So I decided to read it and I needed something that wasn't super serious. And this is about a gentleman who has autism. He's an adult, very smart, very high up in the company that he works for. But he has never dated. He has no interest. He doesn't date, and he's also Vietnamese. And part of their culture, I guess, is what I'm getting from this, and I could be wrong, is um, that sometimes the mom will find a wife for her sons. So his mom goes to Vietnam to find a wife for her son. His name is Kai. And she's interviewing all of these super pretty model looking women in slanky dresses and everything and while this is happening at the hotel that she's at a worker who is cleaning bathrooms named Ho Chi Ming sees all these women coming in and out yada, and pretty soon the mom comes in and she starts talking to her and she's the right age she's attractive but she's lower class but the mom likes her so she offers her a plane ticket and a place to stay in america to meet her son and it's if like a had, mail order bro except not through the mail exactly except she goes over there to pick him out and so and what she does not tell the mom which i don't remember what the mom's name is is that she has a daughter a like six-year-old <gasps> daughter And she decides to kind of keep that her little secret until she can go see what's what over in America, meeting this man, yada, yada, so on and so forth. So she goes over and she meets him and Kai is attracted to her, but he doesn't express love the same as everyone else. And he doesn't even really know if he loves her. She wants it to work because she wants a better life for her and her mom and her daughter while keeping the secret that she has a daughter because she thinks it would be a big, you know, no-sale. They would immediately send her back to Vietnam. Right. So they kind of, you know, they're around each other. Um, Kai has to kind of get used to things that she does, like when she cooks, the smells are too much for him. So he always is opening the door. And, like, if she touches him the wrong way, he's immediately you know has to step back yeah so it's just kind of about them getting together to see if they actually love each other and if they want to get married and yada yada and meanwhile kai's brother who is super outstanding and gorgeous is kind of in the picture too just a little just a little bit he plays a role (laughs) <laughs> right, 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 right. It, was, it, it was good it was just kind of what i needed to take me out of that black hole i was in of nonfiction, horrible stuff that i was reading not horrible as in bad reading as in right super Topics. sad right yeah. of course any rom-com that you read is gonna have cheesy bits it was great i would recommend it and i don't normally read these keith i think you should read it i think you would like it
1: I love that author, and she is on the autism spectrum, so she really writes knowing what she's talking about when she writes about autistic Mm -hmm. characters. I read her first book in this series, but I haven't read any of the others. Can't wait to read this one, though.
2: Yeah, it's good. Especially when
1: Vonnie loves it.
2: I thought it was cute. It was really cute. It didn't get too cheesy for me. I liked the play back and forth between Kai and... She actually changed her name to Esme Tran when she comes to America because she thinks that really her name is is too hard to say. So she changes it. Yeah. So, I, but I like the play back and forth between them. I like the, how the mother is like all up in her son's life because
3: <laughs> that is a very Asian experience. I right? feel like. Yeah. yeah. It, it Just seems... from like other books. I just think like crazy rich Asians and like their mothers. I don't know because I don't have that experience, but I feel like it's been a lot of books as a very Asian experience that your mother is overly involved in your right. love life. I and- agree,
1: Megan. I feel like reading about different cultures and different places where people are from lately. I had no idea how involved parents are in their relationships with their children. Yeah. And wow. Yeah.
2: <laughs> But I even liked all of the characters. There wasn't even a character that I really necessarily liked because usually there's this one that annoys the hell out of me. I really liked the characters, it was good. And that again was called The Bride Test by Helen Huang.
1: Very cool.
2: So, yeah, oh. something different for me, not starting out with something was super sad. So, yay, but <laughs> well,
4: you had to have uh, something happy in your week. I That's know, right.
5: right. <laughs> <laughs> I've got a depressing book, though. <laughs> yay, Donna, bring us <laughs> oh, all down. Bring it down, down <laughs> Donna. So the book I wanted to talk about uh, came out a few weeks ago. It's called or maybe two weeks ago. It's called Invisible Things by Matt Johnson. It's Matt with one T. M.A.T. Johnson. And it's a science fiction novel, which normally isn't my thing, but I'd read a little bit about this book. It sounded intriguing, and I think it tries to be much more than just your typical sci-fi novel. So anyway, there are two main narrators in this book. Um, The first narrator is Naomi Jackson. She's a sociologist, and she is uh, part of a crew of a manned mission to Jupiter, and the mission is trying to determine if there are any moons on Jupiter that might suitable for human habitation. Hmm. Um, and there's some urgency because it, he never really says when this is set, but obviously it's in the future. But, you know, the Earth is becoming increasingly unlivable because of climate change and dwindling resources. So, you know, it could be next week. I don't know. Um, <laughs> hopefully. It, not.
3: it could be Tuesday when it's 110 yeah. here in Oklahoma <laughs> exactly. next week.
1: That's yeah, true. <laughs>
5: Um, so now, Limi, again, she's a sociologist. She's on the mission because she's um, supposed to observe the group dynamics of the crew on such a long mission. And in the beginning, there's a lot of tension between two male members of the crew. One of them's a military guy, and the other one's a scientist. Now, the other narrator is back on Earth. He's an, a man named Chase, and he is a chauffeur to a retired uh, general. And his wife, Uh, disappeared a few years earlier and he's has been convinced that she was abducted by aliens and everyone thinks he's kind of nuts so um, back on the spaceship um, and I'm trying not to spoil too much but a lot of this is you already kind of know what's gonna happen on the spaceship they finally get to Jupiter and they're serving the planet's biggest moon Europa and they see this big bubble and they don't know what it is so they try to get a little bit closer And like in a flash, they find themselves inside the dome. And inside the dome, there's this huge city of like a million people that looks like any city on earth. I mean, there's like Chick-fil-A's and Costco's and roads and cars and high-rise buildings. And they have no idea what's going on, obviously. And eventually they discover that beginning back in like the 1600s, some unknown entity has been abducting people from Earth and putting them in this dome on Europa. So it's kind of Do fun, they know? like all these people all these years that have been insisting that people are being abducted. And it's just like, yeah, they have been. And they're, and they're all here.
1: Do the people um, in the dome realize that they're not on Earth anymore?
5: Well, I mean, yeah. I mean, but, you know, because this started out in the 1600s, obviously all those people have died and everything but these are like there are descendants original people that were abducted but also obviously new people are being pulled up all the time the city under this dome is called new roanoke and people that are history buffs would know that roanoke was the first permanent english settlement in north america um <laughs> and then didn't
1: turn out very well bad though <laughs> yeah <laughs> Why don't you uh, name it after that? Ah. Yeah,
5: yeah. Well, and the crew realizes really quickly that not only does this look like Earth, but they've got all of Earth's problems. Um, There's big wealth inequity. The city is governed by a few elites who descended from the original abductees, and they call all the shots, and everyone else is really poor. But the thing is, is that no one there really knows who is behind this? I mean, some people talk about, you know, it's God or, but they don't really know. And then there's this really weird phenomenon when anybody starts questioning or pushing back, suddenly they're hovering up in the air or they'll be thrown across the room or their heads will explode. Oh, jeez. Uh, okay. If they get real, if they get really, really pushy. And, be careful um, when you're
1: complaining about the mobiles on right. yeah.
5: <laughs> Or Trump. Sounds very stranger
3: things to me. <laughs>
5: So, I guess the, these are the invisible things of the book. So, back on Earth, they realize that the spaceship and its crew have disappeared. So, they send a rescue mission. And this retired general who Chase works for decides to fund the mission. Chase begs him to let him go with him because he's convinced his wife might be at the end of this journey. And Oh, so he's on this so when they reach new roanoke this rescue ship all kinds of crazy stuffs to happen and then there's this rising movement of people who want to go back to earth there's an election to determine if people should be able to go back to earth and the elite are trying to steal the election because they realize that more people want to go than want to stay there's a you know there's like a fox network type the only channel that people get their news from is like a Fox News type of broadcast station. But, and I won't say much more because a lot of stuff, you know, if people want to read it, they should find out for themselves. But an interesting aspect of this book is really that it's kind of a subtle allegory about slavery. You know, people Mm -hmm. abducted against their will, taken away from their homes, any attempt to escape results in your death. People are forced to work at menial jobs, live in substandard housing, while the elites live in these huge mansions away from the city center. I mean, it's like it's a giant plantation or something. And again, I don't want to spoil much more. I think it had a a great premise. The characters were really interesting. I do have to say I was let down by the ending. It was not what I wanted. But I think it's still very much worth reading. And again, the book is called Invisible Thing by Matt 1T Johnson.
1: I want to read that. That sounds <laughs> yeah. interesting. Huh? It you does know. sound
4: very the interesting. It's one on my list, too.
1: Okay. Uh, so the book I read this week is Godparent Trap by Rachel Van Dyken. I guess this isn't technically a romantic comedy because there's a lot of sad stuff in it. Um, basically, it's two people uh Rip is his name and Colby is her name and they've been like put together for years because Rip has a little sister who is best friend to this woman Colby and so they're basically just kind of always thrown together because they both know this couple uh and the couple have two really cute but very mischievous children who are five and three boy and a girl. And so the two, uh, the two main characters, Rip and Colby get together because I think it's the 10 year anniversary for this couple. And so they arrange for them to take like a week long trip, just the two of them. And they're going to watch their kids. And then <laughs> this happens in like the first 10 pages, but of course the parents go away. And as they're on their way to the trip, they get hit head on by a semi truck and die instantly. And so they're Rip and Colby are each the emergency contacts for one of these people. And they are also known as the, the guardians of these kids. So the two of them, they both kind of were attracted to each other in the past and they went on this one date and it was huge disaster And uh, Colby is always embarrassed by it. And Rip kind of makes fun of it because Rip is this buttoned down perfectionist guy. He's an accountant. He's straight laced. And Colby is this food blogger. She goes on trips to different countries and has tons of followers, does articles for everybody. So Rip thinks that she doesn't really have a job. And Colby thinks that he just has a stick up his ass all the time. And then all of a sudden, they're thrown together to be parents to these two tiny little kids whose parents have just died very quickly out of nowhere. So they don't want to move the kids. So they both kind of move into the house. And they very much try to, I mean, kind of play house for these kids. So Colby works from home. But if you've tried to work from home when you have toddlers in the home, I mean that doesn't work (laughs) so for a while rip is going to work if you've ever had kids it's just hysterical because rip is going to work and then he and he thinks his life is so hard because he has to leave these kids who he loves and he's so sad leaving them to go to work and then when he comes home he's like why is the house a wreck what have you been doing all day (laughs) and he's really a jackass about it so For a week, Colby then decides that she will go to his office to try and get some work done, and he learns really quickly how hard it is to parent little kids. It's a really touching book. There are comedic moments, but for the most part, about the ways that we express grief, sometimes in not very constructive ways that make other people upset. Uh, The two of them trying to get their bearings while also being attracted to each other and also having to raise this like newfound family just out of nowhere is really cute and the kids want them to get together even though they're really little and so the kids keep doing stupid stuff to kind of try and get them together
3: would you say it's a poignant book
1: you know what i guess it's a little yeah the author does a really good job of not taking it too seriously if you know what i mean like for as many downers, then you get something really funny and great banter. Because otherwise, I think, I mean, you guys know me, I cry at everything. I don't think I could have taken it this week if it had been super, super upsetting. So yeah, the author does a really good job of kind of going back and forth between them. There are just so many cool topics that she hits on. I mean, the disparity between what's, technically thought of as the women's work versus the men's work and a family having this, what happens when you have a family just kind of thrust upon you blended family issues. It's all handled really well and tactfully, but it's also very cute. Yeah. It was just a really good book. I mean, it's definitely not just woohoo fun, but it was a pretty great read. I really liked it. And that again was Oh, wait, I'm sorry. I gave it five stars and it is definitely three Megan blushes because at some point,
2: you know,
3: there's a little bound. Yeah.
2: <laughs> there you go, Megan. I didn't mention, but mine's like two Megan blushes. Just FYI. Nice. I figured because, yeah, baby. There was a little getting together. Yay.
3: I think it's funny that y'all think that I blushed that quickly. I've read fan fiction my whole life. That's just pure <laughs> sex. At 12, we were really
2: like. I'm
1: learning too much about you now, Megan.
2: <laughs> she was going to orgies by 13. I don't I don't want to know what you're like, doing when live... you're 12. That's right. No, I, like, I, I
3: was not. But like fan fiction is inherently smut. Like yes. it all starts off nice and like, oh, look, I met my favorite bandmate and we're going to be best friends and we're going to date. And then it takes a hard laugh like halfway through. <laughs> and you're like, oh, I just, I, I'm in a House now. i don't know honestly
1: yeah like (laughs) fan fiction is a whole different level
3: yes um but yeah yes
1: i mean for all intents and purposes though we're staying with megan blushes even if it wouldn't really you know we've set a standard now that's right so yeah this has some spiciness to it i mean not 12 year old megan and her orgy (laughs) spices because that's inappropriate because there's toddlers in this house dude They, they
2: sleep I mean, if they sleep, that's when you break out the NyQuil. (laughs) Bonnie
1: is telling too much about her parenting experiences. I can't tell you how often I thought, huh, whiskey on the gums. I don't know. Old wives, old wives tale. Maybe it would help. Maybe they'd fall asleep for a long time. That's what my mom did for me. And it turned out okay. That's right. Benadryl, baby. Exactly. (laughs) (laughs)
4: Honey, lemon, and whiskey cough syrup. That was my mom's specialty.
1: Mm -hmm. I have not done any of these things, by the way, CYS. Don't (laughs) cough for me. I'm being funny. That was The Godparent Trap by Rachel Van Dyke.
4: Cool. So having having ventured outside my usual comfort zone the last couple weeks with, you know, nonfiction (laughs) and essays, it was time to get back to my roots. And another Margaret Atwood is the perfect way. Uh, This one is called The Heart Goes Last. Uh, it came out, I think, about seven years ago. It's a dystopian future book, but it's funnier than most of Margaret Atwood's dystopian books. The main couple, Stan and Charmaine, they're living a pretty decent life and the economy just goes to hell. And companies are going bankrupt and it's it's very believable. And she takes like one chapter to paint this picture of a future that goes way far south, way fast. And from their nice home and the family they were planning to have, Stan and Charmaine end up living in their car, living in their third-hand Honda, which they have to move a couple times every night because the car is attacked by roving gangs of rioters, looters. uh, So they're always scrambling to escape. So they are easy prey when they see... ad that offers you a nice home, a safe community a job guaranteed for life. And you know, there's going to be a pretty good catch. (laughs) Got to be. This is Margaret Atwood, people. There's a catch. (laughs) The central business in this community is a prison. And you agree. I'm not quite sure. This was the one point in the book, because I never did understand how this would financially work. But You live in this community, you agree to spend half of your time living in the nice house that they provide for you, and the other half of your time as an inmate in the prison. And you change. Everybody, each person is matched up with a, they call them their alternate. And every month, you go into prison for a month, your alternate lives in your house. They have a little locker in the basement that you put your stuff in when you leave your house and go into prison. And you're not supposed to get in touch with your alternates.
3: But red, red flag, red <laughs> flag. I'm waving it all yeah. over the house.
4: <laughs> My eyes are getting <laughs> and bigger and bigger.
3: I realized I was imagining a red flag and <laughs> no one, but you guys can see me.
4: And the other catch is you agree to stay for life. You can't leave. So, yeah, big red flags. But society has gone so bad so quickly that Stan and Charmaine are desperate and they agreed to do it. As you can imagine, it does not work out all hearts and flowers for them. For one thing, Charmaine she's the sort of she's very accepting of what authority figures tell her to do and she'll she might question for a few seconds but then she's like okay well i guess it makes yeah it makes sense all she's a go along kind of gal and she ends up with the job of administering uh lethal doses to put criminals in the prison to to kill them dear god yeah That's the source of the title is not only is there, you know, kind of the heart goes last, meaning in any kind of a relationship, how things may go sour. But when Charmaine kills these the drugs, first send them into five minutes of like super ecstasy. It's like the best hallucinogen ever. So they get a real good five minutes of their life. And she she's like. This may be the best five minutes they've ever had. I'm really doing them a favor. She's the kind of person who can talk herself into that sort of thinking. So they get five minutes and then breathing fails and then the heart goes last. We we have a title. Things get really strange when Stan finds a note under his refrigerator that's been left. He thinks by the people, the alternate uh, people who share their house. And he tries to track that person down. What he finds turns out to be not what he expects. Then you find out there are other businesses that this uh, corporation also has, like the fact that they're killing a lot of people, a lot of inmates that seem to have, for some reason, they have like total discretion as to Which inmates are allowed to live and which ones die, and the ones that die provide a nice uh, financial boost through sales of organs. Nice, yeah. So it's it's soiling green on steroids. Yeah, Mm -hmm. but I did say that this book is funny, and there are (laughs) yeah. I'm waiting for the funny part here. (laughs) There, There are there are just little individual scenes that. They really struck me as funniest when I started imagining it as a movie. And I went, oh, my God, this scene would be one of those scenes you'd laugh at and go, I'm going to hell for laughing at this, but I'm laughing at
2: this. So dark humor, very dark humor, very dark humor, including
4: one. Well, one of the other businesses and gets into is building sex robots for uh, for Las Vegas brothels. They have a big line of custom Elvises and Marilyn's like and wait like, want have hot elvis with... or old elvis thank you megan <laughs> well but that's one of the fun is that's one the options they can check off which which stage of elvis do you want Ew, which i uh, have elvis costume, only. which weight which and uh, someone who's escaping from this prison slash city does so by being disguised as an elvis sex doll and packed <laughs> into the packing crate and dear god it's
3: kind of genius actually
4: It's pretty funny, uh, especially because he gets hot and sweaty in the crate and his lips start falling off.
3: (laughs) Oh, my. Yeah,
4: you're going
1: to hell. No.
4: (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) But it's a a fairly short book. Uh, I think it was around just a little over 300 pages. Not so much the serious dystopian, Margaret does so well, but kind of funny dystopian things, believable. Because you just, I mean, you go, God, yeah, things could go south that fast and people would accept this kind of deal. And then, all hell breaks. So that was The Heart Goes Last by Margaret Atwood.
3: So here's what's funny is your author is mentioned in my book.
4: Oh, I'm a little concerned now.
3: No, don't be concerned. <laughs> so I read The Sand In" by Lily Chu. And I picked this up randomly at Target because it the cover was kind of cool. It was teal and pink. And I was like, okay, you have my attention and had the little autograph sticker. And then I was like, I'm here for whatever's about to happen because I love an autographed book. And so we have Gracie and she's our our main character. And she is just kind of living life. She has, the description refers to as an overly friendly boss. So he gives red flag vibes all over the place. Um, it's a nice she, way
1: of saying a sexual harassment. Right?
3: He's kind of a sexual harassment type boss. And she told, and of course the lawyer's like, Well, do you have proof? Did you talk to HR? And she's like, Well, no, because I don't retaliate it against like so this is early on, as like kind of our introduction to her. And she goes to her normal coffee shop after she um she took a sick day, she took a vacation day or sick day to go to the lawyer. So she went to the coffee shop before going to see her lawyer. And while she's at the coffee shop, all of a sudden some guy runs in and is like taking her picture. And she's like, What in the hell? is going on and then the guy like runs off because everyone's like here dude and she goes about her day the next day she goes to work and she gets called into creeper boss's office and he's still being creeper he's basically like pulls out this picture and he's like why are you in this magazine when you were supposed (laughs) to be at home yesterday and she was like i don't know what you're talking about and he was like why is this you in this coffee shop because i know it's you that's your purse and you're carrying it and you were supposed to be on a sick day and i can make this way if you do what I want you to do. Like, no. I will make this fake sick day not be an issue if you, like, become my like, like, Yeah. Mm. So she's like, well, uh, fuck you and your, like, advances. And so she basically gets fired. Part of my HR brain was like, this is not a thing. Uh, but it probably is in some companies that don't have proper HR people. Yeah. Um. So she gets fired for taking a fake sick day. I've worked she's like, at you places like work- that. Hmm,
1: yeah. yeah Yeah, sadly
3: and so she gets fired for a fake sick day because she ended up in this picture so what we find out is that this paparazzi thought she was this famous Chinese actress and I'm probably gonna say this terribly wrong but I'm gonna try uh Wei Fengeli, I think I'm making that too Italian but anyway
4: (laughs) (laughs) we don't know any
1: better it's fine
3: But this photographer thinks that she's this famous actress. And she's like, that's, we don't look alike. I don't think, but okay. Um, And she, she is also, she's uh, Chinese Canadian. So she's, um, her father is Canadian. Her mother is Chinese. The Gracie's is. So she kind of is like, I don't feel like I look like this amazing Chinese actress that's like world famous. Uh, And then she gets a phone call from said actress who is like, Hey, you look a hell of a lot like me with shorter hair. I want to hire you to be me when I don't feel like going out in public while I'm here in town. Nice. And uh Gracie's mother is in a retire, uh not necessarily it's kind of a retired her mother has Alzheimer's, so she's in like a nursing home. And it's not like the worst nursing home, but she wants better for her mother. And of course, Ellie offers her a lot of money and she kind of thinks about it and she's kind of undecided and she's watching all their shows. And she decides, you know, if I use this money, I can, when this really nice nursing facility calls, says, Hey, we have a room, I can move mom, money won't be an object. I'm going to do it. So she goes and learns how to be Fengeli and hmm. realizes really quickly that it's not as easy as it looks. And the male character Sam is basically in every movie with Fangeli. Like they're a match set. Like it would be like if Kate and Leo did every movie together ever after Titanic
1: Tracy like, and Hepburn, baby.
3: Yeah. So they just basically are always so in everything together. And so he's having, he's mad. He thinks this is a terrible plan and it's dumb. And so Fangeli is just like, I'm too tired after all these shows. I don't want to also have to go be social and like deal with all these people. So you can go be me at night and I'll stay in the hotel and relax. And so Sam kind of fights her on it for a while. And then he finally relents and really starts to be helpful. And there may be some sexual tension between him and Gracie. You can't really decide. Um, cause Gracie's like, no way. He's, you know, he's an actor. He's a famous actor. Why would he care about me? He obviously, you know, is only doing this for Fangeli, cause they're best friends and they've known each other forever. And then you learn a little bit more about Sam and talking about moms being overly involved in their children's relationships. Uh, In Vonnie's book, uh, Sam's mother is just really, like him and Fangeli are just friends. They never dated, but the world kind of thinks they are. And so his mother is really being like, why don't you all just get married? You should just get married. Like, because everyone already thinks you're together. So just be married. Thanks mom. Yeah, and he's like, great, can you please get out of my life? I'm a 30-something-year-old, like, world-famous actor. Like, leave me. So there's, you learn a little bit more about their families. You learn a little bit more about uh, Fangelly's reasoning behind wanting a double, not just because she doesn't want to go in public in the evenings because she's tired. There's a little bit more to the story and how she deals with things. And you learn a lot about... Gracie's family and where they came from, because she doesn't know a lot about her Chinese heritage, because her mother wouldn't talk about. It. Like she kind of was like, "I moved to the U.S. and what happened in China happened in China, and we're living in the future." Because her mom will have where she like forgets that where she is. Obviously, she has Alzheimer's, and she start being back in China, and she'll just kind of repeat the same thing over and like, "We're living in the future. The past is the past. Like, I'm I've, I I kept my promise. I did what." I, her daughter Gracie is just kind of going what what is what is she living in because i don't know because she's never told me about it so you start to find out what her mother is talking about as the book goes on and it's really interesting and really kind of a sad story but also it ties all the pieces together so i don't want to say too much because it becomes a spoiler then i would say this probably has like two megan blushes (laughs) i consider it like a a Do adult romance. Like, I wouldn't consider it a YA. It's not YA. It's not in the YA section. It's actually in, like, the romance section. There's some tension, and there's, you know, other things happening, but, like, when there there could be, it's almost like the fade-to-black moment. Mm -hmm. Like, you get there, and you're like, oh, oh, we didn't get the spice. Like, (laughs) (laughs) um, So if you are looking for a low-spice romance, this would be a good one for you. And that is The Sand-In by Lily Chu.
1: I've been wanting to read that forever and you know why I have it yet because every time I go to Target it has that big thing like saying it Target book pick and it's not a sticker and I hate when they put that stuff up
3: oh mine was a sticker
1: every time I see it it's like right in the cover that's just a pet uh, peeve of yeah I
3: yeah but Pat, my, I forgot to say where Margaret Atwood came in in my book. Oh, yeah. So when she goes to one of these ha- highfalutin restaurants with Sam, high-falutin. she walks in and Margaret Atwood is like <laughs> having dinner at the other table. And she's like trying to keep her cool because, you know, she's famous in her own, like she's supposed yeah, to be this girl. famous person who's just unaffected by all these other famous people. And she's like, that's Margaret Atwood. Margaret Atwood's at the table over there. <laughs>
4: <laughs> that would be if I walked into a restaurant and she was there. And just- yeah.
2: I would probably faint and then it yeah. would be a big thing. I would love to see Pat fangirl over somebody because <laughs> Pat is so low key that to see her fangirl over like Margaret Atwood, if they were at the same restaurant, I would I would have to set up a recorder and send that into America's Funniest Home Videos because I think yeah, it would be it probably awesome. would.
4: I, I'm. I would just stand there and go uh 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 Do you fangirl
3: over Gate McFadden like I was just going to say when I think
4: Gate McFa- Gates McFadden would Gates be McFadden. her <laughs> ultimate. do you I mean, get all I, like stirred. I did get to meet her at a convention and and I managed to kind of keep that. I would I would be more flustered by Patrick
2: Stewart.
3: Oh god, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> let me like touch sorry. your head.
2: Let, <laughs> let me touch it. <laughs>
3: I don't know, though. I feel like I'd be like flabbergasted by Will Wheaton just because like, he was kind of my first celebrity crush. Like, I remember watching him on TV being like, oh, he's cute. And like, even though he is Will Wheaton and he's probably the most chill person now, I I feel like he would probably be one that I'd be like, hi.
2: I feel like (laughs) Will Wheaton is would be very approachable. He just seems like he's an approachable kind of person.
4: He I would just, totally understand because he's such a fanboy himself. If hmm. anybody watches the new Treks and he does that Ready yeah. work thing afterwards where he interviews the, and he just totally fanboys out. <laughs>
3: yeah, I feel like he's like come into his fanboyness. Like, I feel like probably years ago, if you went up to him at a con, a con you probably would have had a very different interaction with him than you do now. Like, I feel it's like so he's, cute
1: how often we talk about him. And how much we love him! I well, do Wheaton, love Wheaton is Wheaton.
3: awesome. I think he's he is. Awesome. He liked he was- one of our posts. I think did I, I was tag just him? gonna
1: say you yeah. did tag him. I did. You should tag him again we- and be like, "Come we- and inspire all our blushes."
3: We love. Oh, him, because really. I tagged him when we did Ready Player One or two. I think yeah. I said I tagged him. Oh, because he narrated. Because oh. yeah. he narrated it i think i said something about like listen to fan fangirl over will wheaton or something and i tagged him and he liked it and i about fell off my damn desk chair yeah. i was like ah! <laughs> <laughs> that for a w- moment it- in time will we knew our podcast
2: existed <laughs> could you imagine like if we went to the same like bookcom or something as him i mean oh God. That, then would be the ultimate. that would be awesome i would be going all hansen on him megan I would a thousand percent like what Megan does for Hanson.
3: But see, here's what's funny. You all think like I am a fangirl, but when I get face to face with those people, I like don't know what to do.
4: You're like, hey, should we start mentioning the live show?
2: Oh, yes. yes. (laughs) July
3: 30th, we will be live in person at Full Circle doing a live show. Nicole is coming to join us.
1: Fangirl hard over Nicole. Yes. Fangirl.
3: So that's just, just the four of us, right? Yeah, it's just Me, the four of us. Yeah. Me, Bonnie, Martha, and Nicole. Mm-hmm. Keith's sad because she won't get to see Nicole. Not because she's not get to see us, but because <laughs> she doesn't get to fangirl right. over
2: Nicole. She doesn't fangirl over <laughs> us. We're just normal. I yeah. fangirled over you the first time I saw you. Now oh, you guys are normal. <laughs>
4: <laughs> that's very true. Our buddy read book is going to be uh, Exhalation by Ted Chang.
3: For those who want to read it, so you can talk about it with us.
2: Oh yeah, that's I haven't book. even looked at it yet. And it's short I stories. I already read it, and I can definitely okay. tell it's a Martha book.
4: Okay, it's like a there's book. one that I was really yeah, digging but it's the short stories. Yeah, she hates short stories.
2: My favorite one was going on. I was enjoying it and yada yada. Suddenly, it like turned to sex robots, yeah. and I was like, "God damn it, Martha!" Well, there you go.
3: <laughs> There's your preview. There's sex robots involved in the buddy in the group. But did they
2: look like Elvis? Serious? I don't know. I haven't. Read
3: <laughs> did that. they look
1: like? You have to read old it. Old seventies mm-hmm. Elvis, or did or they like hot Elvis. shaking his hips
3: Elvis? So yeah. So we'll be there at seven o'clock on the thirtieth. Um, if you, you want
1: airline tickets, just come all the way across the... You could do that, too.
3: You could. If you sell a
5: kidney or something.
1: Yeah. <laughs> exactly. I feel like we're going back to Pat's book in spades all over. <laughs> <the>
3: <laughs> Kidneys, we're getting sex robots. Yeah. I don't know. I don't think we can go anywhere else from I feel like that's the end of the show.
2: And as the uh, little kid's song taught us, it's okay to swallow.
3: And on that note... <laughs> that's gonna do it. For three Book
0: Girls. Can't get enough of 3 Book Girls? Check them out on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Follow them on TikTok, YouTube, and check out their website at threebookgirls.com. And join the group 3 Book Girls Tribe on Facebook. If you really love them, share the podcast with a friend or join them at one of their live events. 3 Book Girls, a Steel Trap production.